Hello, everybody, and welcome to Call to the Bullpen, presented by Capital Sports Media Network. From high school to the pros, CSMN is the Capital Region's home for everything sports. I'm your host and CSMN senior baseball correspondent, David Payne, alongside Brad Zampar. Let's play ball. Brad, welcome on to the show, man. Good to have you back. Absolutely. Happy to be here. So you guys should get used to Brad being on the show. Brad's going to be around here quite a bit. He's been on quite a few episodes already. We're on episode 10. This is what, your fourth time on the show? Yep, four. So we have got a ton of topics to cover. Uh, a lot has happened this week, but we'll start with uh, the Tigers and Yankees playing today, starting a series. And that's going to be the first series this year where no masks are required because both teams reached the 85% vaccination threshold. Uh, going to be pretty weird to see no masks on a baseball field for the first time in uh, a year and a half, right? Yeah, roughly around that. It's a little bit of a return to normalcy, even though guys like Clint Frazier love wearing the masks on the field. Uh, it will be nice to see guys without masks out there. Uh, and hopefully, you know, what'd you say? You said six teams, right, have reached that 85% or nine teams have reached that threshold? Nine teams right now. I think there's a couple more around like 81. So we'll be pushing a third of the teams in the league soon. Yeah. So we're, we're at about a third of the teams, which means that we're going to start getting more matchups like this where guys don't need masks. Uh, and, and that's a really good thing with a lot of stadiums opening up uh, that a lot of the players are vaccinated. I know in New York on July 1st, stadiums are going to be at 100% capacity just in time for the Subway Series. Uh, in the first weekend of July. So we'll have 100% at Yankee Stadium for that. You and I are, are both Orioles fans. And right now, one of the most underrated one-two punches in the game is our one and two. Uh, and that's John Means and Matt Harvey. Uh, what can you tell me about what John Means is doing right now? What he's doing is, I mean, if you look back to his last nine starts, he's got like a sub one five year, right? Dude's just been pumping out quality start after quality start he's second in the league right now and war at a one five behind obviously the legend jacob de but that john means is well on his way to making his second career all-star game yeah and anytime that your name is mentioned in the same sentence as jacob de you're doing something right and yeah, yeah this is this is a guy who was our our only all-star in 2019 right because every team has to have a representative johnny means was our guy because quite honestly, nobody else on that 2019 team was really all-star worthy. Uh, and then or last major year, league worthy. Yeah, th that's fair. Uh, <laughs> and then he he had a he regressed a bit in 2020, uh, and he's he's really working back to to what he showed in 2019, and and honestly even better right now. Like you said, being the second best pitcher in the league war wise. Uh, but behind him, you can't overlook what Matt Harvey's doing. Matt Harvey's a guy that the used to dominate in New York, partied a little too hard. His, his velo fell to what? He was topping like 90, 92. 
And uh, he's, he's running it back up to 95, 97 now, and it's paying off. He just beat the Yankees this week. So uh, where, where are the O's one, two punch right now in, in the American league and in baseball? In the American league, they, they're definitely up there in the top five, I'd say at the least off the top of my head. And they're, they might be right behind DeGrom and Stroman. Yeah. It, Pleasant surprise from those two guys and another pleasant surprise. And another guy who, who regressed a bit for a, a year and then really figured it out is our center fielder, Cedric Mullins. This is a guy who spent some time or all of uh, 2019 in the minor leagues uh, after, you know, showing out a little bit in the major leagues in 2018, really struggled 2019. Uh, you know, last year there was no minor leagues, so he didn't really get any time. Uh, but Cedric Mullins is killing it right now. So he leads the league in hits. He's tied with our boy, your mean Mercedes, the Yerminator. Uh, they're tied at the top of the league in hits. And it feels like every time Cedric Mullins comes up, he's getting on base and he just walked off against the Yankees. Tell me a little bit about that situation in the Yankee game uh, and why in the world the Yankees pitched to him there. Absolutely no clue why they pitched to him. I mean, if you're Aaron Boone, you can't have your pitcher pitching to one of the hottest hitters in baseball when you already have a run around third and you're in the bottom of the inning getting ready to get walked off on. There's no point for you to pitch to him when you have two open bases. Yeah. Bottom, bottom of the inning and a tie ball game with the winning run on third base. Uh, and you have the guy who's tied for the lead lead and hits at the plate. You figure even if it's not the guy leading the league in hits, you got two open bases and two runs that don't matter. If that run from third gets in, it's ball game over. You figure you walk those guys, set up a force with less than two outs anyways. Uh, but, you know, that kind of fits in with the, the Yankees just seeming like they have no idea what's going on right now. So, you know, Gary looks like he's got no clue. Glaber looks like he's got no clue. And and Boone really looked like he had no clue there. So the Yanks just look lost yeah, I mean, on all, all facets. Yeah, we could we could jump right into the Yanks right now. I've got some pitching stats here for the Yankees that are just really atrocious after Garrett Cole. Uh, let me pull these up real quick right here. We got, so Garrett Cole's rocking a 1.71 ERA. Okay. Which is, is what you expect from Garrett Cole. That's what you pay him $300 million to do behind him. You got Jamison Tyon with a 6.23. You got Jordan Montgomery with, with the next lowest ERA at a four, five, seven Domingo Herman uh, with a six, two, three. And Corey Kluber with a 5-4. So you get past Garrett Cole, and you're asking your offense to put up five or six or even seven runs in a game to win. And when your offense isn't producing and your pitchers need seven runs to win a ball game, you get the bottom of the AL East, right? Yeah, I mean, what they're doing right now and pitching-wise out there is just not sustainable. They're not going to be able to compete if they're – Two, three, four, and five pitchers are all putting up five plus ERAs. It's just not going to happen. And this feels like it's like a repeat thing that happens like every year. Like every year, the the issue is one, they're home run or nothing in the lineup, and two, the pitching just isn't good. And like you know that that's a strategy that year after year gets you to the ALDS, gets you to the ALCS. But once you start playing good teams, you know, you start losing. And right now they can't even beat the bad teams. They they just lost two out of four to us. They split a series with us. And, you know, we are certainly not a good team by any measure. But then you see these pitchers who leave the Yankees and have 
crazy success after sucking there. I mean, look at what Sonny Gray is doing. Look at what Jay Happ did this last week. Jay Happ threw what, like 14, 15 innings of like two hit ball this week. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, these guys come in New York and I dude, it's not a, they can't handle New York thing. It's not, no, it's, it's not. not that right. That's, I mean, that's made up, right? Like these guys can, these guys can handle New York, right? It's, it's something going wrong with the, the development, with the coaching, uh, there's something going on there. And I can tell you one thing that's hurting them. Uh, and, and they've actually realized this and started to make a change is Gary Sanchez killing them. Gary Sanchez is just absolutely killing the pitching. Uh, whenever Higgy's in there, it feels like they win the game. So, I mean, going forward, they already told Gary his playing time is going to be reduced. I can't see any reason for him to have any playing time at all. I mean, if you look at the numbers, I don't have them in front of me, but when Higgy is catching, they're like a, a legitimate significantly dominant. better team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're getting Cy Young Corey Kluber when, when Higgy's back They're Just, I mean, again, it was against the Orioles this week, but, but I mean, Kluber was going to that change up more. Gary's never calling the change up when Kluber's out there so that he was going to the change up more. It's a really effective pitch for him that Gary just doesn't call for some reason. And Higgy's probably the hottest hitter on the Yankees right now. He might be the best Yankee right now outside of Cole. Yeah. So I mean, Higgy and, you know, that's their, their big battery right there, but you know what, that battery of Higgy and Cole together is only out there once every five days. Uh, but I think for now, Higgy's got to be the go-to guy there. And, you know, cause, cause even DJ isn't doing what, what DJ is supposed to. Yeah, no, I, I think they definitely need to, to get a yeah, reality check because they're kind of just saying it. Oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Next thing you know, it's June. You're still 15 games. They're not 15 games, but you're still five, 10 games from being the top team that you think you are. Uh, is, is there any chance that Cashman, like this is the year that gets Cashman on the hot seat? Um, I think if, if it's continues downwards and they're, you say out of it by July, I think he could be out. Yeah, like but what, what? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I see them out of it by July. That's a long time from now. No, they they do seem like a team that's going to turn it around. But I'm not going to lie, I, I wouldn't mind to see them not turn it around. No, absolutely not. I hope to see them in the cellar with us. So uh, a little bit of of sad news is that two of our big players to watch, Corbin Burns and Jazz Chisholm, both went on the IL this week. Not two long trips, right? No, uh, Corbin, I think was, I think it's COVID related, isn't it? Was it? Did he, did he did he test positive? I don't know if he tested positive. It might have been contract tracing, or he did. But I think they said he had had flu like symptoms, and that they it was yeah. like a precautionary thing. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, that's not bad. And then Jazz was, uh, I think he sprained or not sprained. He pulled his left hamstring, but I don't think it was a long term thing. I think it was just sit him down, protect him. Yeah, I got to see my boy Jazz back in the lineup because he has been absolutely electric down in Miami. He's the only player this year with a hit off of Corbin Burns and Jacob DeGrom. Um, my guy has been, if you look at his uh, baseball savant page, he's in the, the top percentiles in the league in almost every stat they have on there. Uh, and he certainly has been making a case for himself for rookie of the year. Uh, so I, I really want him back in that lineup. And another guy on that Miami Marlins team making a case for rookie of the year is Trevor Richards. Have you gotten a chance to watch him throw yet? I have. I've seen him throw a couple times. Once against the uh, Mets against DeGrom, where he outdueled them. 
And I think the other time was against, it was against us actually. Yeah. Trevor Rogers threw his first five starts this year is rocking a 1.29 ERA. He's got 38 strikeouts, which leads all rookie pitchers. Uh, and he's working on a 13 scoreless inning streak. Uh, so this dude is a stud down in South beach and he is, he's really given one jazz and, and two five, one, eight boy, Ian Anderson, uh, a run for their money for the rookie of the year award. Where, where do you see that going so far? Uh, I think, I think that eventually Anderson's going to run away with it, but Rogers is definitely going to keep it, keep it close. He's been extremely well this year. Looking at Ian's stats right now, he's got a 1.3 war. He's two and oh. He's got a, a 2.48 ERA, and he's got 31 strikeouts in 29 innings pitched. And I think that in the long run this year, the thing that sets Ian apart from from Rogers or Jazz is just the, the team around him, right? Ian's going to get run support all year from guys like Marcelo Zuna, Ronald Acuna, uh, Ozzy Albies. These are guys that are going to give him run support all year long. Whereas, you know, Trevor Rogers doesn't really have that down in South Beach outside of guys like Jazz, Brian Anderson, Aguilar is killing it right now. He's hit, what, five bombs this week? Yeah, five just this week. So I think that the the offense that Ian's going to get uh, and the run support is going to be what sets him apart in the long run. And uh, I, I got to say that I think that the Rookie of the Year award is still coming back to the 518. But let's talk about one of his teammates real quick, because I couldn't believe what I saw when when you sent me this tweet. Marcelo Zuna hits a, a home run down by what was it five or four? Four. Hits a home run down four runs, pretty late in the game, and and going around the bases, he stops right before first base, and and he takes a fake selfie as like a home run celebration. What do you, what did you make of that? Uh, I definitely didn't like it. I mean, if you're if you're up, you can do whatever you want. But if you're down, you can't be showboating like that. I mean, your team's getting kicked kicked around already. Just run the bases and call it a day. Yeah, man, it wasn't like it was a home run that put them close. Like after the home run, they were still down four runs. What are you doing? Get around the bases, get back in the dugout, go out to the field when the inning's over. You know, if unless, like you said, you said if you're losing, the only way you're celebrating around the bases if it, it's a milestone home run. If it's your 500th home run, your 400th home run, go ahead, do it. But in a, a regular game like that, on a regular home run, when you're down four, shut up, round the bases. I'm all four guys celebrating uh, on a big home run. Uh, if you're winning and you hit a home run, have some fun with it. I love that. But but when you're down, shut up and round the bases, man. But things like that uh, and, and the showboating and stuff like that has our TV viewership up. National TV viewership is up double-digit percentages. So that's like ESPN Games, uh, Fox Sports 1, MLB Network. Uh, Sunday Night Baseball is up 38% this year. Fox Sports 1 is up 88% this year. That is a massive increase. That's almost a 100% increase. So uh, whatever the games are on Fox Sports 1 are doing something right. And uh, 43 games on MLB Network, the average audience has grown 48%. Uh, and all of these are comparisons of the average viewership for 2021 games through the compared to the full season averages from 2020. So you would think, right, that that last year viewership would be higher because people couldn't go to the games. But even now, when people can go to the games, our national TV viewership is up, which is huge. And it's especially huge with a new 
a new national TV deal next year, starting in 2022. Uh, we have a deal with TBS, with Fox, and with ESPN, uh, paying MLB, I think, $108 billion to nationally broadcast games for seven years. So this is a really good precedent to start before that 2022 deal starts. But we got to talk about the blackouts, right? Uh, the biggest thing that you hear people complaining about is that we are paying money for MLB TV and we are getting these games blacked out. Now, you are not a MLB TV guy, right? No, I'm not. So uh, I, I don't have cable at my apartment and, and I can't rely on some of these streams uh, on my PlayStation because uh, half the time uh, they'll crash in the middle of the games. So, you know, I bit the bullet. I bought MLB TV. It's 25 bucks a month. And with that, I'm supposed to be able to watch all the games, right? I, I don't get mass in where the, Ori the, the Orioles regional network. Uh, so, so I want to be able to watch my O's play and I pay $25 a month. And when they come to, to Boston, since I'm in Massachusetts, I can't watch them play because I'm in the Nesson broadcast area. Or when the Padres and Dodgers were on ESPN, I couldn't watch them play because it's a national broadcast. And, and there was actually a video this week of Noah Syndergaard trying to watch the Mets playing. But since he was in New York and, and he was within the SNY broadcast area, he couldn't watch his own team play on MLB TV. And in, in the video, the video is funny. Uh, he, he goes, fine, I guess I'll watch the shitty Pirates, uh, which the Pirates have a better record than the Mets. Uh, the blackouts are, are a really big issue right now. And imagine what these viewership numbers would look like if I could watch the ESPN Sunday night baseball game legally, right? Because I, I had to go stream it. So if I could watch that on MLB TV and that counts towards the broadcast numbers and people don't have to stream it, imagine how many how much better these viewership numbers would look. Because, I mean, they're already double-digit increases. And maybe we could have turned that Fox Sports 1 88% to 100 um, but but I really think that that's like the biggest issue I've had with baseball this year. Uh, and the second issue that I've had is the umpires because they've it just been, been God awful this year. I don't I don't know what's going on. I, I think you're the one that sent me the Twitter account that like rates that grades all the umpires every day. Yeah. Well, it's like every game they do like a, a grading for the umpires. Yep. Whoever's doing that is doing God's work. Because <laughs> they they are exposing some of these awful umpires, and you know what? We get to see who the good ones are too. We're not just looking at the bad ones here. Whenever we see a umpire that was good, you know, we send that to each other too. But it it really is exposing how bad some of these guys are. I don't get why we have replay if we're replaying plays and they're clearly, uh, you know, the call should clearly be overturned, and they're still not getting overturned. I mean, how many times have we seen that happen this year? Countless times. I think off the top of my head, I. Just remember four or five. And and is this like, I, I, I can't even like begin to think of like what is going on here though. Like we can see so clearly that they can't see. Is this like, they're not, they're trying not to embarrass their coworkers or, or they're legitimately not seeing the angles that we're seeing? Like what could be behind this? Because I, I'm, I'm at a loss when I watch some of these games. I think it has to be that they're trying to protect each other because if we're seeing the, Angle, we're not we're seeing angles from obviously the broadcasts and the other people showing the games, but in New York, they definitely have to have more angles that they're showing. So I, I mean, if if that's what it is, and if they're trying to like protect the other umpires from embarrassment and this and that, like what do we do to to fix this? Because it hasn't been this way in past years. This is like a this year kind of thing. 
I don't think I've ever seen it be so bad. Uh, I mean, if that's the case, how do we reverse this and get back on track with these replay calls actually being overturned? Uh, I think the first thing that is being talked about and finally being in- implemented is uh, the robo umps out in the uh, Atlantic League. Yeah, definitely. That that at least will help with the the balls and strikes calls. And you know what? Speaking of of balls and strikes calls, we've got a clip here from Orioles announcer and MLB Hall of Famer Jim Palmer. Uh, when the umpire against the uh, against the Orioles in the Yankees game, uh, this is actually when the Orioles were pitching. Um, we're gonna let you listen in because uh, there was a, a really bad call uh, on a, a pitch that should have been a strike, and I think you would actually in the in the, in the ninth inning, nonetheless. And I think you would actually sent me this umpire's uh, chart from that page, and it, it was a, a one point three three run advantage for the Yankees based on this umpire's calls. Uh, so, so listen into this little clip of, of what Jim Palmer had to think about this really bad missed call strike. And Stanton. Mm. Oh, oh, please, come on. My. Yeah. What a horrible strike zone. You know, you know, people are listening. Well, you're, you know, you're rooting for the Orioles. No, I'm just rooting for strikes or strikes. That ball's a strike and he called it a ball. <laughs> so another issue. Uh, with with baseball that I don't have, but Rob Manfred seems to have, is the pace of play. Uh, and actually this week, uh, Rob Manfred revealed that Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, gave him a call to let him know that the MLB pace of play is just fine. And the reason that Adam Silver thinks the MLB pace of play is just fine is because sports gambling in stadiums is becoming a big thing. Uh, I don't know if any MLB teams have integrated this yet. I don't think that they have, uh, but Adam Silver came out and said that he thinks MLB's pace of play is perfect for in-game betting. Uh, A lot of NHL teams, I think, have begun to implement in-game betting in the stadium. I know the St. Louis Blues have, but his point was that, you know, there's a lot of time in between plays, in between pitches in baseball, that people in the seats, in the stands, can can place bets in between pitches uh, and baseball is so slow that you could even be placing bets in between pitches for like, is the next pitch going to be a ball or strike? Is the next pitch going to be batted? Is the next pitch going to be a swing and miss? I know that you Brad are, are big on this new app that MLB put out called MLB rally. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that app? Yeah, the app is a, uh... I think they released it last year, but it didn't really gain a lot of traction. But this year, it's starting to blow up finally. And you get to every single at-bat, they give you like a question, like, is it going to be, what's going to happen this at-bat? Home run, strikeout, walk. And if you you play the whole game, and then like the top three or four people from the game win like $600, $300, $100. I mean, it's fun to follow along if you're watching a full game because, I mean, you just sit there and you get to predict what's going to happen you could win some money and now this is this is just like if you're watching at home on tv but this is even something that we could be doing in the stadium uh so for example i'm on the app right now i'll give you guys some like the questions here um there's no active games going on right now so i can't actually tell you any of the in-game ones but there's there's pre-game ones too uh so i'm looking at the 705 marlins nationals game tonight and if I were to, to make a bet right now, I can make a bet on first off, which team will win Miami or Washington. Will Joe Ross strike out six or more batters? 
Uh, so those are the two pregame questions they have. And then in-game with every at-bat, I mean, Trey Turner comes to the plate. You're, you can make a bet uh, what's going to happen in Trey Turner's at-bat. And the options are like in play for an out, strikeout, on base, or, or home run. And, and that's something that Adam Silver is saying you can implement in stadium too uh, because of baseball's pace of play. Uh, so I think that as more states legalize sports betting, we'll start to see that uh, start to enter into not just the home and our phones, but into the stadiums themselves. Yeah, it's a huge market that is at the moment mostly untapped. Now, if I was going to place a bet on a raise game, uh, I would pick one that Tyler Glass now was pitching in. And I, I would make a bet that you're going to see him mouth the F word on a fly ball to Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, <laughs> this guy's mom, Glassnell's mom, had to call him and tell him, son, you have got to stop swearing on TV whenever Kevin Kiermeyer makes an amazing catch. There was a little, a little clip from this week. Kiermeyer made a, a pretty cool diving catch in center. And uh, I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head what you could see Glassnell mouthing. You could you could see him mouthing something like like every goddamn time. Uh, and his mom called him and in the post game interview. He was like, my mom said, cover my mouth with my glove or something. But I got to stop doing that out there. Uh, so we're going to let this clip run for you right now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And like I saw too, my mom texted me like, you got to stop cussing on TV, like cover your mouth or something. But and maybe my favorite thing that happened this week. Uh, was in a blowout game between the Cubs and Braves. Anthony Rizzo came in to pitch. Now, Rizzo has a history of getting things that he wants in Chicago. Uh, Brad, do you remember, what was it, two, three years ago when he asked if he could lead off? He did, yeah. And they let him lead off. And, and he let off like his first three games batting lead off with a home run. So, <laughs> so I mean, hi historically, Rizzo gets what he asked for. And I, I guess he he wanted to pitch here with the blowout to save the bullpen. And he ended up matching up with the reigning NL MVP and his his good friend, Freddie Freeman. Who was Freddie, four for four at the time. Yeah, Freddie was working on a four for four, going for five for five in this at bat. You're thinking, oh, he's, he's facing a first baseman. That's probably an easy knock. Nope. Anthony Rizzo, uh, it was what, a five pitch at bat. I think he topped out at 74 in the at bat. <laughs> and he got Freddie to swing through a, a low and away breaking ball and actually struck out the reigning MVP, Freddie Freeman. Uh, so that was a, a super cool, super fun moment. And I think my favorite strikeout celebration from the entire year, uh, regardless of all the, the different things Trevor Bauer has done, uh, I love seeing Rizzo just shrugging at Freddie Freeman and then catching the throw back from the catcher with his bare hand. Uh, I thought that was like one of the coolest things that maybe we'll see all year. What'd you like? What do you think of that? Yeah, we definitely need more of that in the majors. It makes the game fun. Yeah. Baseball is at its best when, you know, it's, it's being a little bit goofy, you know, you, you get all your nice and in, in, intense moments, but it, it is cool to see the guys having like a little bit of fun out there, even though they're getting their doors blown off, you know, you can appreciate little moments like that. So <laughs> my favorite clip from this mm -hmm. week is going to be uh, this next thing that we talk about. This had me ready to run through a brick wall. Don't you dare accuse Miguel Cabrera of stealing your signs. Uh, <laughs> which team was it that accused them of stealing signs? Was it the Twins? Was it the Twins? It might have been the Twins. For some well, reason, I was thinking the, the Pirates. Whoever the, whoever the Tigers were playing had accused Miguel Cabrera and the Tigers of stealing their signs. 
And and I'm just gonna let you guys listen to Miguel Cabrera's reaction to that. I still got it. Oh yeah, I never doubted it. Yeah, you got it. What 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 did you say to Giolito behind your second at bat when you came back after that foul ball? No, it was a second baseman. Because oh. he, he tried to tell the catch and the pitcher we pass aside. I mean, come on, it's a bush here. I don't play that game. Oh, you, they were you, getting... gotta, you need to respect, you know, you need to respect. You don't need to like show up like me or somebody or the say or the running of second, like try to say we we pass the side for second. Come on, get the fuck out of here. Oh man. Is that true? Yeah, that's not right. That's, that's not, right. not right. Yeah. They're, they're playing off AJ. They're, they're doing that because AJ is in the dugout. Uh, I don't care about they do it, but they need to stop that because we don't play that game. So that's why I, I say something to him a lot of way. Yeah, I noticed they didn't say a whole lot back to you either. Yeah, everybody's paranoid about all this stuff right now. But right. Yeah, they like over the limit, so they need to respect that because. The next, the next day, if they say that, the next day it's gonna like hit by pitch or something like that, and we don't play the game, so we respect the game. Yeah, after hearing that, I mean, I was, I was hyped up, man. Don't, don't put that on Miggy. This is, this guy's one of the class acts of baseball history. Uh, this guy's played the game right for his entire career. Uh, he's not gonna start stealing signs now. I mean, uh, th- this is one of the, the just the best natural ball players we'll ever see in our lifetime. I mean, put some respect on the man's name. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to shoot that accusation around, shoot it to somebody else on the team, not the guy who's going to be a first ballot unanimous Hall of Famer. And you know what? It's a, it's a pretty serious accusation to throw out there. Although MLB apparently doesn't take sign stealing too seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of not taking st- uh, sign stealing too seriously, I just got my Houston Trashdro mm-hmm. shirt. In the mail today, it showed up. I am ready for CSMN going to Yankee Stadium uh, on May 6th. That's next Thursday for the Houston Astros. Uh, Rob Manfred didn't punish them. So we are headed to the Bronx to to let them hear it ourselves. Uh, I'm super excited for that. Uh, I hope Jose Altuve is ready for CSMN, but I really don't think that he is. Now... (laughs) At the beginning of the year, Brad, you did a a top 100 prospects and there was a name on there that no other top 100 list had. And that name is Gunnar Henderson. He's a shortstop for the Orioles. You were really high on him. Uh, We both thought that he probably belonged at the back end of the top 100. And, And like I said, you were the first one to put him on there. And this week, Baseball America followed suit. Uh, about a month and a half after you did it, Baseball America finally promoted him to the top 100. So I just want to give you props on being first on that. Uh, Baseball America has nothing on Brad Zampar and CSMN. And I think today they said he was going to be starting at Delmarva. Is that right? Yes, Delmarva. Yeah, we got Adley Rutschman starting at, at Bowie. Yeah. And then, and yeah, our Grayson's yeah. down in uh, Iron Shorebirds. Yeah, he's at, he's at Aberdeen. DL Hall is going to be a, a buoy with Adley, and I think we're going to see Adley uh, in the near future in Baltimore, right? Yeah, absolutely. At, at some point this year, uh, he's going to It's going to have to happen this year. That dude's I mean, going to hit. If he if he's down there and he's hitting 400 by July, I think you got to call him. And, and I don't see him sticking around double A for long either. I, I think that He's he's probably there just to 
really shake off any any rust he's been having over the past, you know, between spring training and now, uh, kind of get his footing. And, and then we're going to see him in New York, the the or not New York, Baltimore. Jeez, I hope not New York. No, ever, please, ever. please no. <laughs> if it is New York, God, just let it be the Mets. We already, we already sweated that one out with Manny. Oh, yeah, well, that had a little heart attack for a whole offseason, thanks to Dan Clark. Uh, now, we, we can't go this whole episode without addressing the elephant in the room, uh, and that is today's breaking news that Roberto Alomar has been banned from Major League Baseball after he had a sexual misconduct allegation from an, uh, an incident that took place in 2014. Uh, and Commissioner Rob Manfred assigned uh, and they hired an independent law firm to take a look at this case uh, and figure out what was going on here. And, and they got back to Manfred with their findings this week. Uh, and, and I guess that their report concluded that this this incident and, and these these reports were credible enough for Roberto Alomar to, to lose his job with Major League Baseball and be barred from from holding a job with any major league club, any minor league club. Uh, and the Toronto Blue Jays have cut all ties with him. They took down his banner. He is out of their Hall of Fame. But the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame uh, is keeping his plaque up. Uh, did, did you see that uh, in the article that I sent you, Brad? I did see that. I thought that was, I think once you're in the hall, I think it's tough to remove you. I mean, a team's Hall of Fame, I guess that's a lot easier. But the National Baseball Hall of Fame is definitely tougher. I mean, but you, you, him him being in having a job with Major League Baseball in the first place is just I think it's wild. It's also the same duty spit on and up. I don't know. <laughs> and now this isn't this this case from 2014 isn't the only case against him either. Uh, his former girlfriend, ex wife, uh, somebody like that had alleged that at a different date and time uh, he had, he had threatened her with a, a knife too. So, the, I mean, that's on top of this sexual misconduct allegation. I don't want to speculate anything about what the sexual misconduct allegation is uh, because that has not been disclosed. There's a lot of speculation on it. The complaint, the legal complaint against him uh, is out there. If you guys want to look it up, I, I mean, I don't want to speculate anything here on on what's true and what's not about the report that's out there. Um, but but if you look it up yourself, I mean, it's the stuff that's out there is pretty appalling about uh, what he did in this situation. I certainly think that the there's no place for for him in baseball right now. I agree with you. It's it's kind of hard to take someone out of the hall, right? His plaque is in there. All his stuff is in there. He baseball wise deserve to be there and you know there's guys like kurt schilling who has he hasn't gotten in yet so we can say you know what maybe maybe he doesn't deserve to get in but it is hard to pull a guy out i mean that's that's the baseball cathedral that's that's you know where we we enshrine guys forever that's the whole point is you get in the hall of fame you're enshrined there forever so he gets to keep his place there but the blue jays want nothing to do with him uh and he's he's not able to hold the job for any organization associated with major league baseball. I can't put my finger on the last guy that we saw get banned. Do you remember who it was? A lifetime ban? Yeah. Mm, wasn't it? Uh, who's that Mets dude? Was it, it, it was the Mets pitcher. Was that Familia? I don't think it was Familia. No, I it, think was, it was, um, it was Mejia. Yes, it Mejia? Henry, Henry Mejia. Yes. 
Was he the last one that got the ban? Maybe. Off the top of my head, I think so. He's the last one I can think of. But I mean, this <laughs> this I mean, this one came out of, out of nowhere. It seemed like it was just like they they just dropped the hammer down today. Uh, so yeah, uh, it makes me question because he he had a card in MLB The Show uh, when they first dropped. He's your second baseman, isn't he? He is indeed my second baseman. I'm gonna have so, to find a different one after this. Yeah, with his with him being placed on the ineligible list, I wonder what that means for his status in the game. Because generally, if you're not a part of the well, not not generally, if you're not a part of the MLBPA you cannot be in the baseball video games. That's why we don't have Barry Bonds in the games. Barry Bonds chose to never be a part of the Players Association. He wanted to market himself. That's why we don't have Pete Rose in any baseball games. He's He has a lifetime ban. That's why Kevin Millar, of all people, is not in any not. baseball games. He is banned from being part of the MLBPA <laughs> because he was a replacement player in the 1994 strike. Uh, so... It makes me wonder if if Alomar's card is going to be removed from the show, uh, and and also just from a, a the show standpoint, what does that mean for people like you who have that card? Uh, if they take that card out, are you gonna you know you, you had to earn that card somehow? Are you gonna get like a stubs reward for for having that card? Like I I don't know what they're gonna do with that. Um, I mean, what would make you happy? Because I'm pretty sure just your card disappearing and you getting nothing for it isn't gonna make you too happy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's definitely tough because I, th- I don't think they've ever had a situation like this before where during the game gets released and then the card's already out there and, and something happens. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with it. Now, uh, another little nugget of news out of this week is the Colorado Rockies GM uh, has stepped down. Uh, some would call him the best GM in St. Louis Cardinals history after the Nolan Arenado and $50 million trade. And this this move came right after that Padres-Dodgers Sunday night baseball game. Right after those two battled it out for, for 10 innings on national TV. So, uh, I mean, I've got to assume that they saw what happened in that game. They said, there's just no way we're going to compete with these two teams anytime soon. Let's tear it down. Right. I mean, what do you think? Three teams now. Don't 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 hate on the Giants. They're rolling. Yeah, we can't count the Giants out now. And uh, I think Giants fans might be happy in a little bit when we get down to the power rankings. <laughs> but uh, I mean, if you're the Rockies, you know, you have no shot in what the next seven years. Max. To, Max. To yeah. win that division. Tatis is locked up for for what? 14, 13. Manny's locked up for 10. Mookie's locked up for 10. You know, the, the Dodgers and Padres are going to be a force for a long time. And there's just no way that with the resources the Rockies have right now, that they are going to put together a competitive team without bare bones, completely tear it down. And that starts with the, the dumpster fire of a front office going on there. Uh, I'm not sure they're ever going to put together a winning team with that ownership group. Uh, but the first step to putting together a winning team was absolutely getting rid of the GM there. Yeah, uh, he, little tidbit on him. Yeah, his first year was 2004, and that was also the year that they traded uh, Larry Walker to the Cardinals too. So yeah, best GM in Cardinals history, right there. And uh, has has, has now stepped down from the Colorado Rockies. Now we are going to close this episode as always with our power rankings. 
Our week four power rankings are coming in hot. A big shakeup this week. We have quite a few new teams. We have teams moving around. And uh, we might have a little surprise here in the top three. So let's jump right into the week four call to the bullpen power rankings. Number one, guys, we know who it is. We know who it's going to be. L.A. Dodgers, number one in the power rankings. Now, here's where it gets fun. Coming in at number two, a team that is hot, 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 but not hot enough to get by the Baltimore Orioles with a sweep. Uh, the, the Oakland A's are number two, 16 and 10 record, a 615 winning percentage, and they have won seven of their last 10, including that little win streak they put together there until they ran into the brick wall that is the Baltimore Orioles. No Beat them down, too. 8-1. Yeah, no streaking allowed at Camden Yards. Uh, although, uh, do you think they're going to... Mm. Think they're going to give it back to us this weekend? This weekend, yes. Tonight, no. We got Johnny Means on the hill. That's right. Johnny Means goes tonight against them. Uh, but I, I got to imagine they're not too happy with us for snapping their win streak. Uh, so my expectations aren't too high for this series. But Johnny Means is going to squeak us out one win. I'm pretty confident of that. Number three, down one spot, San Diego Padres. These guys uh, did not have a great week. Uh, we're getting to the point where week by week, you know, is, is going to matter a little bit more. They're down in third place in the division right now, uh, had a five and five last 10. There's no denying that they are, are the second most talented team in baseball still. Uh, but for this week, uh, a little blow to their ego. They're dropping down to number three. Now, number four, and, and if you told me a month ago that I would be saying this, uh, I probably would have ended the conversation right there. Uh, number four is the Boston Red Sox. They are starting to pull away at the top of the AL East. They got a three-game lead on the Rays. They've played a six and four last 10 games. Uh, and then they share a, a record with the team that just came in at number two. Uh, they share 16 and 10 record with the A's. You know, the A's get the advantage because of that win streak and because of a, a, a little bit of a better last 10 games. But Brad, I mean, if I told you the Red Sox were going to be top four in the power rankings a month ago, uh, what would you have said? I would have said that you're crazy. Never would have imagined that, honestly. I, it's not sustainable, right? I mean, they're not actually a, a legitimate threat in the East, are they? No. I mean, unless the, the Yankees and Rays don't figure it out, who are both in the bottom half of the division right now, but other than that, I think both those teams will figure it out. So, yeah, I think they'll eventually they'll be down a three, four range. Now, let's say that they, they do keep it up somewhat and that they're they're top three in the division uh, at the all star break. Do you think that they're a move or two away from being able to compete with them with with what they've put out there so far so far? I think if you're getting Chris Hale back fully healthy, which is right around when he's supposed to come back. I think that's as big as a trade that you can make, essentially. Yeah, I, I mean, they've shocked us thus far. I think crazier things have happened, uh, especially with Red Sox teams. They've put together some really scrappy teams that have gone on to win the World Series. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not saying that's what this is, but if they're able to keep it up, maybe in July they're a move or two away from being competitors. Yeah, I'd agree with that. 
So number five, rounding out our top five, uh, is a team who I was fairly confident in at the start of the season in a pretty weak division. The Kansas City Royals are still at the top of the AL Central. They're 15 and eight with a 652 winning percentage. They've played a scorching hot seven and three in their last 10. Uh, and I'm not sure they're showing any signs of slowing down in that division. I mean, the White Sox, uh, they look all right, but they kind of look like a mess with Tony LaRusso. He doesn't really know what he's doing with the bullpen there. It seems like every game he's leaving his starters in for too long. Uh, so are the Royals legit? I think they definitely have a case. I mean, they're not this young team that everybody thinks that they are. They definitely have plenty of prospects waiting in the wings that they can call up, but they have very serviceable vets right now that are holding it down and playing well. Yeah. Carlos Santana is one of those names that I think is a, a big impact player over there. Uh, I think that the Royals are are pretty legit. I think that they're not a legit world series contender, but I certainly think they're a contender to win the AL central and, and receive a playoff berth. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now uh, at number six is a team very similar to them. Uh, and that's the San Francisco giants who, uh, who would have thought, a month into the season, the San Francisco Giants are at the top of the NL West ahead of the Dodgers and Padres. They also have played a scorching hot seven and three in their last 10. They are 16 and nine. Uh, they're a half game better than the Dodgers who are 16 and 10. And if you would, again, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that we would be looking at Dodgers in second, Padres in third, Giants in first, uh, I, I probably would have given you a, a dirty look and, and chuckled at you. Uh, because uh, they're in front of clearly the two best teams in baseball, uh, but they are playing like uh, a best team in baseball. And, you know, a big part of that is, is thanks to our guy, Kevin Gosman, former Oriole, who took the qualifying offer this off season. We kind of thought that maybe giving him 18 something million dollars is a bit of an overpay, but it really hasn't been so far. Right. No, absolutely not. I think he's well on his way to making at least $70, 75000000 million in the offseason. I mean, if you look at what he's putting up right now, he, he's 1-0. He's got a one war. He's got a 2-14 ERA, 34 strikeouts in 33 and two-thirds innings. I mean, these are, these are possible top five, top ten Cy Young numbers uh, that absolutely. we're seeing from Kevin Gosman. Uh, so, How nice would it be to see him and Bundy finish in the top 10, Cy Young? Well, you know, that's, I think that's the definition of bittersweet because we really wish they could have put it together at Oriole Park. But, you know, if, if it wasn't going to happen with us, I'm really glad to see these guys thriving elsewhere. And you know what? Kevin Gosman's still rocking black and orange, so it's close enough. That is true. <laughs> now at number seven is the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers were hot last week. Uh, and the Brewers stayed hot this week. They're 15 and 10. They got a two game lead on the Cardinals. Uh, and did you see the double play that they turned this week? Uh, I think it was oh, maybe with, with yesterday. Colton Wong, with Colton yeah. Wong. The <laughs> jumping across the bag, looking like the Jordan Jumpman logo. One of the most insane double plays I've seen. If you guys haven't seen this double play yet, uh, just, just give it a Google. Google Brewers double play. It'll come up. Uh, it, it looked like uh, a bunch of airbenders out there. Like this was an avatar, the last airbender, the way the ball was slinging around. Uh, number eight is a team that I just mentioned had some early struggles, uh, but they have played extremely well in their last 10. They've actually played the best in baseball in their last 10. Uh, it's the Chicago White Sox. 
but you know, playing eight and two baseball, it doesn't get you, you know, much higher in the standings when the team in front of you is playing seven and three baseball that gets you a, a one game advantage over a 10 game period. Uh, and you're going to need more than that to get on top of the division. Uh, it's really not a player's issue to me. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten to watch them play, but to me, it's been a Tony Larusa issue. Uh, and I, we kind of felt like this was a bad hire going into it. Uh, and, and from what I've seen, he's just cannot handle a bullpen in 2021. Have you gotten to watch them at all? Yeah, I've seen a couple of times. Uh, I off the top of my head, the uh, when he pulled, when he didn't pull Giolito, when he was destroying the Tigers after he gave up a base hit in the seventh. I think he had like a 105 pitches ready, and they were up four, and then another walk or something, and then a three-run jack, and his entire outing goes down the drain. And Tony Larusa, seventy-six years old, right? Like he he was a part of a different era of baseball where a relief pitcher was a failed starter, right? Like yeah. Mariano Rivera became a closer because he was a failed starter. Even a Roldish Chapman became a closer because he was a failed starter. That's not how bullpens work now. Bullpen pitchers are not failed starters anymore. These are guys who are brought up to be relievers, right? These you're are guys paid who are to get three or four outs. Yeah, you're you're trained to go out there and throw three outs to face three batters, get three outs, and get back in the dugout, and your day's over. You're hitting the showers. This is not his style of managing, right? His style of managing is my starter goes seven or eight, and I and I got a, a bullpen guy to bring in at the end. That's not how it works anymore, and that's not how you're going to win win games. Now you're going to win games. You know your teams that look at the Rays, a team who developed a power bullpen. I that got them through to the world series last year. Right. Look they, had, at, they had dudes that you haven't even heard of getting out. Yeah. Guys that you never heard of that come in and throw 101 miles an hour that then the pitch moves two feet. And guess what? They're not going to be good for, for three times around the lineup, two times around the lineup, but they're going to be really good to get you three, four outs. And, and with a good bullpen there with, with guys like Liam Hendricks, uh, you would think that, they would be a, a bit more progressive on the bullpen usage, uh, but you're not going to get that with a drunk dinosaur as a manager. <laughs> <laughs> but number nine is a, a team that we just mentioned, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays have uh, played five and five ball over their last 10. They're still hanging on there just behind the Red Sox. Uh, they're second in the East. Uh, they can turn it on at any second. Uh, and, and it's not like they've been playing bad. They've been playing a pretty mediocre baseball uh, but that's enough to keep them around for now just because of the talent that's on the major league roster uh, and that's waiting in the wings that could come up at literally any second and and number 10 I gotta pay some love to the guys out in Arizona who just put together an eight and two week uh, they were tied with the White Sox for the best record over the last 10 they're in fourth place in that division, uh, but they're behind, you know, the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, three other teams that are on the power rankings. Uh, but an eight and two week is going to get you rewarded. So at number 10 is the Arizona Diamondbacks. So one more time for you guys, that is Dodgers, Athletics, Padres, Red Sox, Royals, Giants, Brewers, White Sox, Rays, and Diamondbacks. That is the week four call to the bullpen power rankings. Now, before we end this episode, just got a few things to let you guys know about. If you haven't already seen it, 
uh, head over to our IGTV uh, on our CSMN page at Capital Sports MN. Uh, we had our NFL draft reporter, Mike O'Brien, and our founder, Kyle Milligan, were live on Instagram yesterday during the, or well, at this point, it will be a couple of days ago, but they, they went live Thursday night for the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, Mike has put a ton of work into his mock draft uh, and those guys grinded on uh, Instagram live and it's now up on IGTV for you guys to go watch. If you are an NFL fan and you want to know how your team did in the first round of the draft, Mike has everything you need to know right there on that IGTV. Again, that's at Capital Sports MN. And, and one more thing before we go is I want to let you guys know about this blog that I've been doing over the past week. Uh, I put out four options for cities for an MLB expansion team. And you guys voted on the Instagram story uh, for the two teams that you wanted to see get an expansion team. You guys voted Las Vegas and Nashville as the two teams to receive expansion or the two cities to ex uh, receive expansion teams uh, going up this weekend, uh, Saturday night. So the day before this is going to drop, we're going to hold the vote on four team names for each city. Uh, so by the time this drops, we will know the, the team name for the Nashville team and the team name for the Las Vegas team. So you're going to want to keep an eye out on our Instagram uh, at Capital Sports MN and mine at the David Payne for information on when the big reveal is going to be. Uh, because now that we have the, the city and the team name, we're hopping on MLB The Show 21. We're going to use the expansion team feature. We're going to create uniforms. We're going to create logos. We're going to create a stadium for Las Vegas and for Nashville. So you guys are going to want to keep an eye out on our Instagram, Facebook. And we now have Twitter. So, so follow us on Twitter now. Uh, that's going to be at Capital Sports MN. Uh, we just launched our Twitter this week. So do us a favor and go help us out over there. Brad, thank you for coming on today, man. It was a pleasure to have you for the whole episode. Uh, I hope that we get to do this again uh, quite a few times in the future. Yes, absolutely. We're looking forward to it. Uh, as always, thank you to Kyle Milligan, our founder, for letting me do all this cool stuff I want to do. Uh, and thank you to my editor, Bobby Lane, for the hard work that he's putting in to get us up on social media uh, and to get this episode ready for you guys. Until next week, I am the senior baseball correspondent, David Payne, alongside Brad Zampar. We'll see you next week. What's going on, everybody? This is Kyle Milligan, founder of CSMN. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Capital Sports MN and find all of our content on our website at capitalsportsmn.com. Peace out, everyone. God bless.